Hey everybody, this is Petey from Spin Rack. And we also have and Calvin Ellis. And I want to rock. Today we wanted to do sort of gateway Marvel comic books. And we picked out two a Fantastic Four comic book and a Spider-Man comic book. Um, do you want to give some background on what you were thinking on us choosing these titles? Well, yeah, you know, we're talking off camera. And I was saying that, you know, we have gateway characters. These are the characters that bring you into reading comics. They tend to be the most popular characters. For Marvel, definitely Spider-Man and the X-Men. Those are your two most popular characters. Now, they may get you reading, and it's very likely you may not stay with that character. You may start reading Spider-Man and Daredevil guest stars. And, you know, because of that, you start reading Daredevil. And then afterwards, uh, Elektra guest stars. And you realize, oh, Elektra's the character I like the most. And so you follow that character for the rest of the time that you're reading comics, even if you do dabble with some other ones. But Spider-Man is the guy that brought you to the party and got you reading overall. So those books, those gateway characters and their books, I say need to be reader accessible, that anybody at any given time should be able to pick up regular issue of Amazing Spider-Man, regular issue of X-Men, okay, and be able to plug right in so you can get, so you can like slowly but surely get immersed into the world of the marvel universe and so i said i suggested hey why don't you pick up a book i'll pick up a book with some gateway characters and see you know see how well marvel's doing okay so i took on the fantastic four there were a bunch of books that were out for the fantastic four around now the trade for the mark wade and neil adams um antithesis got it finally um fantastic four antithesis and then we also had um they also did Life Story, which is kind of going left also. Um, <laughs> but we have Fantastic Four 73, which is the Halloween episode. And um, ultimately in Dan Slav's run, he called it, he called the Fantastic Four comfort food. And this is more like, you know, uh, it's more like cotton candy. This is the Halloween episode, and the series is mainly like this, which leads Slot to always do something really terrible because he kind of went too saccharine, too 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 far saccharine in this this sort of thing because he's married off the thing. They have these alien kids, and um, you know, of course, they have one little warrior kid, and you know, um, this it's leading up to them going on this Halloween, you know, going trick or treating. But at the same time, of course, a space alien thing comes and um, they start attacking. And of course, the kids, the thing, and the kids are fighting these aliens. And one of the kids goes too far. And Ben is like, no, it's like as a, as a father to these aliens, it's kind of like, it's kind of like not wanting the kid to go that far. And then, of course, Spider Man comes and helps. Somehow, Spider Man's web is able to take out a spaceship. And they're just hanging in between the building, and then Spider-Man Web also fixes the um, Stature of Liberty. So this is taking the FF, which um, which you can do something where it is sort of comfort food. It was sort of what was done in the '70s, where it was kind of it wasn't didn't have the edge that Stanley and Jack Kirby had given it, and they kind of just went to being okay with not being the revolutionary title that it was initially. So basically you can do this sort of thing where you have stuff like, you know, I think um, Nathaniel Richards shows up and Nathaniel Richards wasn't supposed to stay like, uh, it was only supposed to hint 
that he could possibly have gone bad as the warrior, but it's like you said, Reed in the Fantastic Four mistaken him as, as the warlord. But at the same time, it wasn't something that was supposed to carry on for all these issues. I think the Val the Falco thought it would be adding a um Days of Future Past element to the Fantastic Four, able to age um, Franklin with it and that sort of thing. So having him in there and Reed interacting with the, the warlord looking more like that, whereas when we last saw him, he was like in the when he first introduced, he was kind of like, you know, Reed, I was a fool. I, you know, I thought, you know, a mistake, you know, he was kind of blinded by, you know, being in love with this woman while she was doing all this crazy stuff, right? He's kind of shielded from this stuff. So I think throwing the, the warlord back in there is really, it's really killing me. It's just a tough reading this book because most of the time you can accept this and saying, this is what the thing should be. Happy-go-lucky, everything fixed, but then it's just boring. <laughs> and that's what the happy, you know, he's the, he's fun, he's funny, but he's like, you lose all your edge and all the other characters get to have all the edge in these books. And uh, I think, I mean, obviously you figure something to do with Johnny, but and Reed is kind of the science officer. They kind of keep defaulting back to the kind of the, the lighter versions of themselves. Something like you would see in the movies, like the way we saw them in the movies, where we saw them just like uh, something that you wouldn't go back to see in the movies again. Like you'd say, people would say it was a good translation, but it's like, yeah, if you like the dull version of the Fantastic Four, and this is what we kind of get. So most of the time, I don't know if people think they know what's wrong with the book, because you got things like, oh, well, you know, Ben always loved Alicia, he's got married. But it's like, at the same time, it kind of, they've added some things so they have dialogue. They got these alien kids, so now they can talk and interact with these things and not really build the ben, Ben's character at all. He's got this thing where he changes back to Ben Grimm all the time. Um, um, you have so many characters connecting to the book. So it's kind of just sort of light fare. It's really almost like a Saturday morning cartoon. So if you like, kind of like, like Spider-Man and Amazing Friends and you can take it for what it's worth and feel like you're not getting the real thing, it's just a fun sort of thing that you could sit down and say, oh, okay but they've kind of lost their edge and going this route kind of leads them to go back into the rut they've been in from time and time again, regretfully. So that's all I got for this book. What do you got for Spider-Man? Well, I'm going to, again, reiterate that these are gateway characters, so I should be able to jump into this book and, you know, pretty much hit the ground running with the issue that I pick up. I shouldn't have to, oh, let me read, you know, two issues before in order to see what's going on. There should be enough for me to plug into. By by that standard, this book failed. Uh, failed miraculously. Ah, oh man. Okay, I mean, imagine you're a kid, and well, first there's a great cover. It's a great cover. It's an Art Adams cover. Really nice artwork. Looks good. It would definitely pull me in as a kid. It'll pull me in now. Uh, written by Kelly Thompson. Not too familiar with her. Okay, so. But if you're a kid and you're like, oh, I want to read about Spider-Man, that means you might have seen the cartoon. You're like, okay, I'm expecting to see Peter Parker. Or you might have seen the film. I'm expecting to see Peter Parker. Okay. Nobody's expecting to see Miles Morales because he has his own book. So if I'm coming in here, I expect to see Peter Parker. I open up the book. I'm reading. Peter Parker's not Spider-Man in the book. Ben Riley is Spider-Man in the book. 
you know, I would have no idea who Ben Riley is. Where's Peter Parker? Peter Parker is in a coma. He's in a coma in this book. And Ben Riley is going through training by, uh, he's being trained by the Daughters of the Dragon, or at least he's going through some training exercise with the Daughters of the Dragon, uh, Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. Stop. Where, no where training. Finally, no training. Sorry. <laughs> where he where I think at some point he finally says out loud, I am Spider-Man. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, I would have no idea who Ben Riley is. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Daughters of the Dragon, you know, maybe if you watch the Netflix series, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff going around here. And the core elements that you would need to plug into this book are not there. Spider-Man's in a coma. Peter Parker's in a coma at the end of the day. You don't know if he's going to make it. I guess you hope. And then you got this other guy, Ben Riley, who you've probably never met, is now saying, I am Spider-Man. So, you know, if you're a kid, you might be saying, well, did I start reading too late? <laughs> Peter Parker's no longer in this book. I guess I'm going to fold this up, put it on the shelf, and I'll leave. That's just not the way to come into it at the end of the day. There's no, there's not even any flashbacks involving Peter Parker. Okay, he's just there. He's in a coma. Uh, Mary Jane is looking over him. Aunt May is looking over him. But all the main action involves another character. So you, you would have had to have jumped on a few issues before to even find out you know, exactly why he's in a coma, what are the prospects. Now, of course, you and I, we longtime comic readers, we know Peter Parker will be back. But if you're the new reader, is this really where you, you're going to plug in at the end of the day? I mean, even when they did the whole thing with the clone saga, I think regularly they would remind people of what the situation was. I mean, at one point they used to have that little gatefold inside of the cover to say like what previously had happened, but they stopped doing that. So now you're just going by the actual story and you're looking like, okay, this is not why you picked up the book. Nobody picked up the book to read the adventures of Ben Riley. They didn't. Okay, you're picking up the book, you expect to see Peter Parker. And when you see Peter Parker, he's in, you know, he's in a coma. That's not why you picked up the book. So I got to call that a fail on all levels. Well, I mean, going on those lines, the hard part for this book is the thing having these kids that don't look like him. But obviously, they're adopted, but it's like you come in and say, there's no sort of way to. It's some book that you just had to be reading to understand how him and Alicia got kids, that sort of thing. You know that they've known they've been in a relationship, so you don't need to know that they're married, but. I mean, Torch is going through something, but that's not a big deal. Characters always go through something. But the hardest part is having the kids in here. And if you, you know, going by continuity, Spider-Man's also in this book, but there's no hint of either he's Ben Riley or not, or that sort of thing. But, you know, it's one of those things where you have a, you know, um, this, the cover sells you on the Fantastic Four trick-or-treating and this one sells you on banging his kids that kind of that we're going from the aspect you're talking about kind of kills that aspect of saying who are they, well who are these kids where did they come from what you know why are they adopting these space alien kids when there's tons of kids in in the u.s well because the fantastic force so you have to have some but they already got kids there's um valeria and franklin or powerhouse <laughs> but anyway uh, I don't know. This is, I can I can agree. This is um, but this I wouldn't say it's a total fail. It's just not for me as a Fantastic Four fan, meaning that it's going into the rut period where it's kind of like, you know, should I be buying? Who cares? Like what's going on in this thing? And 
trying to somehow try to attack it from some other angle. But, you know, this is what the, I don't know. It's kind of tough looking at these Marvel books. I haven't read a Marvel book in a long time. And the last thing I read was those two books I already offered up. And I, I wanted to like Life Story. I liked the first issue because it was kind of going back to the origin. But then the rest of the Life Story has been the same thing that always happens. Reed and Sue break up. She gets with the Submariner. It's like, it's like the, the, um, <laughs> I hate the story. I hate the Fantastic Four 101. That's the first thing you do is Sue Reed break up. <laughs> Sue goes with the Submariner. It's like the, 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 the story you always immediately do. Chris Claremont, Sue thought herself as the, the consort. Her dream, her dream was always to be the consort of Oh, being an Atlantean warrior and consort of Namor. It's like, when did that happen? <laughs> and training with Iron Fist is enough to, to be able to beat Iron Fist. So anyway, I, I can go on for a while. Oh, there's the man himself coming. He's finally kind of come in right now. So let's close this show out while we're here, unless you had anything else you wanted to say, right? No, I think that pretty much sorts out work comics at least for marvel since we didn't do dc stand right now not necessarily not necessarily accessible or boring well very <laughs> so spinner rack out thank you uh...